tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. Sure. Why not? Rabot here. Let's go. Wednesday edition here on ESPN 680-1057. Louis Rabot hanging out with you. Got you till noon, Bobby V. After me, roundtable. After him, we got your local 7 to 6 every day here on ESPN 680-1057. Uh, just going over the Epstein list, uh, trying to figure out uh, who it is at the station uh, that is trying to keep their names redacted. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Mike Gandalf will join us momentarily to talk all things UK. In his usual spot on Wednesdays, we'll get into that. UofL visits Virginia tonight. I don't know how excited people are, but we get the 2024 undefeated version of the Louisville Cardinals heading to Stop the count. Stop the count now, please. Good God, just let it go. They'll be down there. They find the Panthers owner for throwing a drink. I have thoughts. Um Grambling did something to the College of Biblical Studies that UofL was supposed to do uh, to Simmons College, but didn't. And um, it's the players' fault, Zach, in the NFL. They need to report more fervently. Oh, yeah. It's always the Even though fault. the referees are being demoted, right. the players need to fervently. The head official is doing another nationally televised Saturday game. Of course he is. <laughs> of course. And Gonzaga sucks. We'll talk about it. I All can't right. wait to see the text line be like, try to do the whole who's redacted. <laughs> Send that in. Four three seven nine six eighty. We do have full coverage of Louisville basketball in Virginia. Five thirty pregame. Alex White network uh, coverage starts at five thirty. Ethan Moore's got you on the postgame show after the seven o'clock game. So sometime around nine nine oh five, something like that. Uh, Virginia doesn't foul, and and Louisville plays the get fouled offense. Yes, that is my X's and O's of tonight's game. I'll see you tomorrow here on Rabo and Co. There you go. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Do, right. do they score 50 <laughs> points? That's the question. 5-0 points, no. I don't think so either. 47. I'm thinking like 43, 44. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Oh, man. There's a joke about tacos on the text line that I can't read. But I appreciate it very, very much. Oh, man. Uh, we'll get into uh, a bunch of stuff with Mike. Uh, not the least of which is... Where Kentucky basketball is ranked and how that compares to other Calipari teams. And I that, to me, is really interesting. So something we do in horse racing, Zach, is we have literally the, the, the sheet that we use as part of our process to determine who we think will win a race is called a past performance. 
And this is Ben Roberts, our, our guy who'll be on tomorrow from the Herald Leader, who essentially said, with with the Cats being at number six, it's the first time in seven years they're ranked in the top ten of the first poll of the new year. So something that Locke used to do in this chair a lot was talk about how Kentucky underachieved because of their preseason uh, compared to their preseason ranking. Okay. And that's very easy to do when you're number one in the preseason, <laughs> right? Or number two in the pre or whatever it is, right? And so what Ben does is, is sort of the opposite look, which is forget about where they start. Talk about where they start the new year. Uh, texture over under on the uh, team total is 56 and a half. I take it, Zach, you are pounding the under. There you are. All right. So the 2016-2017 team was Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, obviously. They were number six in the first poll of the year, and they ended the season at number five before they lost in the Elite Eight to North Carolina. And so there's <laughs> the texts are immediately coming. <laughs> I love you people. 437-9680. UPS Jobs text line. Let's keep it going. Let's have fun today here on Rabo Co. ESPN 680-1057. All right. They haven't been to a Final Four since 15. Obviously, they went to that Elite Eight in 2017. I remember that run. It was a good run. It was a fun team. Darren Fox and Malik Monk in college were super fun. I did not know that Bam Adebayo was going to develop into the player that he is in the NBA. I'll be very honest. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. But that team had 15. Sacks not really the text line. I hope people can hear you laughing through the glass. The Kurt Wildcats obviously hope to advance further in the NCAA tournament. They haven't been in the Final Four since 2015. Roberts writes, And the ranking at this stage of the season seems more in line with Cal Perry's top teams during his tenure. The only other UK team teams, uh, excuse me, that have been ranked higher than this one in the first poll of the new year were the 38-1 team, the national championship team, and the Wall Cousins team. That's it. So if you were a past performance person, if we were handicapping the rest of the UK season like we do a, a horse race, man, you'd have to lean into UK being pretty good the rest of the year. And so it lines up with what our eyeballs tell us, right? Games like Illinois State, games like they had against Miami, etc. Where we have seen UK do the sorts of things that very good basketball teams do. And overwhelmingly, the thing they do the best is score. And play on the offensive end. And that's unusual, unfortunately, for recent Calipari teams. But uh, he also writes, this is the first time since 2009-2010, his first year at Kentucky, that the Cats have been higher ranked in the first poll of the new year than they were in the preseason poll. So that goes back to to what Locke used to talk about on this air, right? He used to talk about how, you know, they'd start the season one, two, three, whatever. They would never live up to that billing. Understood. We're talking about a team now that was 16 at the beginning of the season, has already climbed 10 spots in the polls. He shows the rank here uh, for different teams. Zach, do you happen to remember last year how they started the season and where they might have been? At this point, and then at the end of the season. And you know what? I know I'm asking you to guess, essentially. I'm pretty sure they were not ranked at the start of the new year. Correct. Big brain on Zach. They were number four to start the season last year. Unranked at the break. Okay. And, of course, they're coming off, you know, surgery on... On um on Oscar and all these other things. They're figuring out that dynamic between Case and Wallace and Savio Wheeler last year. That kind of stuff. Yep. They finished unranked last year. The other time they were unranked at the break was 20 and 21. They were 10 preseason, not ranked at the break, unranked at the end of the season. That was the disaster year. They missed the postseason. Yeah. 
That was a COVID, what, 7-13, and 13, whatever it was. But if you want some hope as a Kentucky fan, here are the last five times that the team has been ranked, okay? And where they finished in the final poll. In 2020, in, uh, excuse me, in 21-22, they were 10th preseason, 16 at the, at the new year. So not, you know, not too much of a slide. They finished 7th, okay? In 1920, they started 2nd. They were 14th at the new year, and they ended up 8th. In the season ending in 2019, they started second. 1920. 2019, 2020. I was going to say, that was before Adolph up back in 1920. (laughs) Prohibition was alive, baby. That was Issel's uh, sophomore year. (laughs) I thought it was his senior year. In uh, 2018, 2019, uh, they started second again. They were 18th at the new year, but they finished seventh, made the Elite Eight. Obviously, in 2020, by the way, 19 and 20. They, uh, the, the tournament was canceled. They were a three-seed on the projections. Uh, they were eighth in the poll at that point. Elite Eight before that, they were sixth at the new year. Round of 32 the year after, they were ninth. Bef- uh, before that, in 15, obviously, they do the damn thing. And they were one at the, at the new year, and they finished the poll number one at the end of the season. Making the final four. I'm just saying, if you wanted to have hope, if you wanted to have some kind of confirmation that what you're seeing on your TV screen or when you go to Rupp or whatever it is, when you were down at the Yum Center or whatever it might be, there appears to be a little bit of historical follow to this. And I appreciate Ben doing this article. We'll talk about We'll probably lead with it, frankly, tomorrow when he's on uh, in his usual spot on Thursdays. But I bring this up because... It reminds me, Zach, and something that I've talked about after the U of L bowl game. The, the only disappointing part to me, the two disappointing parts, talked about it with Mark Ennis yesterday, is three losses to end any season is just not the way you want to end a season. I think everyone understands that. And the second part is that in college football, we really care about the polls in the preseason more than any other sport, and we're very reticent to pull teams away from their from their rankings out of the top ten, whatever it might be. Teams hold on like cats on a screen door, Zach. Do you understand that reference at all? Do you know what a screen door is, Zach? Or did you? Okay, all right. A screen door, folks. I'm just kidding. Uh, the Just if you wanted to get excited, essentially what I'm saying is get excited. Right? Start They start SEC play this week. I think they've got a legitimate shot to, to actually win the SEC. Because unlike recent Cal teams... This team shows up, and their style of play translates game to game regardless of opponent. And that is very that, that is noteworthy for Cal teams because that has not been the case recently. Now, we did the pod last night, released it, 40 minutes a pod, it's out available. I talked last night. I think the team, and they're not going to play UK in the next couple of weeks, that has a chance to really get it going is Alabama. Now, they play four unranked teams here after a, a brutal, and I mean a brutal non-conference schedule. And I think if Alabama can get it going, they'll be near the top of the SEC. Tennessee is a bunch of old dudes, (laughs) and they have peaked. But we know they're also very good at their peak. And so if they can play that kind of ball, they're going to be tough in the SEC as well. Auburn just got back into the rankings. So the league is good. What's interesting is you add a wrinkle like Chris Beard going to Ole Miss, and that being an atrocious place to play basketball. (laughs) Just impossible for visiting uh, for visiting teams. The lighting, how the floor is set up, the whole thing. And 
I'll just I'll be interested as we get into SEC play what this looks like for UK basketball. I do think they're in a really good spot. Their health seems to be rounding into form. Uh, Big Z's back on campus, which is interesting. I don't know how much, you know, I used to ask Dan about this because of his coaching background as well, but how important is practice? How much does it matter if Aaron Bradshaw is getting, you know, one-on-one, you know, sort of workout or what have you with a guy like Zvonimir Visic? Does that matter? Can't hurt, I'd like to think. Playing against playing against length, practicing against length, that kind of thing. It can't hurt, I imagine. So interested in the next couple of weeks to see how they go. <laughs> Alongside of that, Cal admits that this is a good team. And he's worried about the rebounding. And I've gotten some text on this show about the rebounding as well. And I do think if you wanted to follow this team and if you wanted to be negative... The rebounding is the thing. But here's here's what I would say to those concerns. This is a year with a lot of good teams. There appear to be somewhere in the range of 10 to 15 teams that could not just make a Final Four but actually cut the nets down. It's an unusually good year at the top of college basketball. But all of those teams are flawed in very obvious and significant ways. And so Kentucky's not different that way. And I would rather have that flaw than other ones because I think you can overcome some of it with athleticism. I think in some games, instinctual things will override the other issues you might have against another team. And so I I would take, if I were a Kentucky fan, I would take that. I would take this as being their blemish on the team and move on with it. Quote, rebounding, one of the basketball principles Cal Perry holds most dear was a problem yet again for his young Wildcats who gave up 24 offensive rebounds to Illinois State. It also means, by the way, that the other team's missing a ton of shots. (laughs) If there's that many opportunities for rebounds, it's probably because there's pretty good shot defense. If you can D up guys like that, I mean, that's how it goes. Texter, when you make more shots than the other team, (laughs) there aren't as many rebounds to be had. Boom. I I think that's a huge part of this, actually. I think they're playing defense well, forcing bad shots, and then uh, sometimes offensive rebounds come from terrible shots, right? I mean, let's be honest. The long rebounds. Yeah, the long rebounds, these kinds of things. And if teams feel like they can't get in, you know, they can't drive the lane, can't do those things, then that's absolutely part of it. We're actually getting a ton of texts like that, 4379680. On our UPS jobs text line, uh, the more shots you make, the less rebounds you get. Cal's not used to that, LOL. No, I think that's part of it. I think that's absolutely part of it. The other part, too, is don't forget one of the very best technical rebounders in UK history just played there the last two seasons. And you get used to those things. You get used to, we only see the games. We saw Oscar Sheboy 60 times, whatever the number is. When you practice with that guy, when you hang out with him six days a week, that becomes ingrained in your lifestyle. That's something you see all the time as a coach, as, a, as, a, as an organization, whatever you want to call it. And so I'm not surprised that Cal, in adjusting to this team, because this is very different than what we did last year, people, (laughs) than what we watched last year. This is super different, right? Kenny Payne, what he's doing downtown, the same as what we watched last year, right? Same, the same thing we watched. UK is different, man. It's fun, and it's and and I hate to say that it's fun because it's I think it cheapens it. I'm not trying to cheapen it at all. I think this team's really good, and I do think their athleticism is going to overcome some of that stuff. Now. 
Could it cost them a tournament game? Yes, but lots of stuff could cost you a tournament game. A guy goes seven of eight from three, you lose a tournament game. I mean, and Caitlin Clark hits a fadeaway from the from the logo last night. Those things just happen. Michigan State played a really good game, right? It, it just you lose those games. Can those things happen? Of course, they can happen. But they shot fifty seven percent the other night against Illinois State. I, that's they made eleven of twenty five threes. They do that twenty three assists, six turnovers. If they do that stuff, that overcomes the deficits on rebounding. It does. It Possibly. just does. Uh, Ryan Padon is the coach of uh, Illinois State. I was very impressed yeah. with them on the film uh, coming in. I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know as soon as I know. By the way, that line really stood out to me. Thinking about how how teams talked about U of L last year and what they could do and just play zone and just do this. We could just run this. We knew this was going to be available. Reading, reading the the head coach of Illinois State talk about UK the opposite. They're very good. We knew they were very good. That's the whole comment, by the way. <laughs> we'll just listen to how Kenny Payne talks about how good Kentucky is. That's all you need to know. All Americans all over the floor. That's right. How he could, could never there? aspire to be that. Quote, I see a different team this year, to be honest with you. I followed them from afar for a long time, and I see a different team. These assist numbers that are getting ridiculous. And when you have elite talent, uh, level talent, top five, top ten type players – Usually those guys are more concerned about themselves. I don't see that this year, and that's what's going to make them really, really tough to beat throughout the season. That's an opposing head coach who can sense that about – he's seeing the same things all of us are seeing. And I think if you're a Kentucky fan, that's got to be – it's got to be a good feeling. It really does. And, and if they underachieve, you'll feel it because you know this team's worth a damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I think Zach had that this year with his with his Ohio State football team. Like they, it's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good team. Yes. In a year where there's no top top great team, missed opportunity. Even George is beatable. It's disappointing that way, right? Yes, that's exactly. So right. if you are starting to feel that way about Kentucky, where <laughs> ten and two up to eight in the country, um, you know, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, if it's that, if that, you know, that sixth ranking, whatever. And you're worrying about the future, man. That's a good feeling. I would be very excited. I I I do have defensive concerns because, I mean, we've seen teams shoot well against them. But if you're averaging 80, 90 points a game, then it doesn't really matter if you can get just the occasional stop every now and then. And even if you don't rebound all that well, you have another way of stopping people. That's turning them over. That's right. And then Kentucky gets out in the fast break. And how many times do we see that over the course of the day? This is, I think one of the best transition teams in the Calipari era. Well, it's interesting you say that. Texture says, and if uh, UK wants to get out and run, you probably got guys leaking out, and they're going to miss some of the boards. I think that's also true. That's the trade-off. Yeah, that is the trade-off. That's exactly right. A a second Texture. That's why I love talking basketball in this market. Uh, uh, Oscar last year, um, his rebounding bailed out Kentucky so many times. Can't blame Cal for noticing that that missing stat stuffer. I totally agree. Uh, same texture for Cal to be a better coach. He had to hire other coaches around him and good on him. I, You know, it's interesting because we've had the Juwan Howard conversation about Michigan basketball. Obviously, they lose to McNeese State. Will Wade down there. But I, I remember at the time thinking, ooh, this is an interesting hire. Then he brought on Phil Martelli with him. And I thought, that's a really mature decision to bring in a guy with that kind of experience that kind of background knowing what his stature is no offense but it's not like bringing in Danny Manning Phil Martelli is is a considerably better head coach with a considerably better record than Danny Manning and for a guy like Juwan Howard to do that to 
bring in someone of that stature, to me, it was a very mature decision. I'm interested here in what the texts are saying. If he's really listening to coaches but isn't abandoning those things that make him great, then they are really primed for a good season, and I, and I hope it continues. That's right. All right, uh, we'll talk to Mike next here. On Rabot and Co., make sure that you are uh, tuned in for the other programming here around uh, the station. Uh, Louisville basketball again playing tonight against Virginia across the hall, 93-9. Coverage starts at 5.30. They'll go all the way to the Coors Light postgame show with Ethan Moore. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk uh, Kentucky with Mike next. He's on those postgame shows uh, at 2.30 on Friday. How about that? Uh, you get the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. Oh, Saturday? Okay. All right. It says, uh, oh, Florida. And I said that is Friday. <laughs> Saturday. Thank you, sir. Uh, Kentucky Fish Wildlife wants to remind you, get in on the elk draw. You are not Dan Issel. You do not have elk in your backyard. So get in on the elk draw on their website. Mike Gandalf on the other side. We'll talk to him next. ESPN 680-1057. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. Rabo and Co. here, ESPN 680-1057. Take you up until noon. Bobby V. after us. First replay, roundtable edition, 3 o'clock. And a man who enjoys bare naked ladies, but I'm hoping isn't bare naked, uh, is Mike Gandolfo. You're at work, Mike. Your HR department might not like that. How are you? Well, I am the HR department. So <laughs> I can do whatever. Is that but what I'm you do there? Yeah, Your yeah. wife does everything else and you're the HR guy? Is that what happens? I'm the HR, yeah. Sound yeah, <laughs> the check. That's about it. So. There it is. Mike Adelfo, big Mike Adelfo uh, on Twitter. Hey, man, you were down there for uh, the Gator Bowl. I kind of just want to start open-ended. How was the experience? A lot of Cat fans. What was it like? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in a post-COVID bowl transfer portal world, I think they had a decent crowd. as 40-something thousand and uh, the lower bowl seems, you know, especially on the side, seemed mostly full. And yep. Clemson definitely had more fans than Kentucky did, and that that was to be expected. I mean, it's way closer. And um, but yeah, ultimately it, it was a good experience. I mean, I, I don't think there was like the tailgating buzz and all that kind of stuff because it was cold and a noon start. Uh, but I mean, what a football game! I mean, it was mm. super just entertaining and uh, just all kinds of twists and turns. And uh, you know, unfortunately, Kentucky didn't come out on top and. Um, although I, I think you, you know, I I think uh, I think they had these stretches in the in the second half that just killed them, and 
um, that they and they lost their discipline, and that just you know that was it. So, Mike Andolfo with us. Uh, do you get to talk to fans much? Do you get a sense of the the energy around the program, how people are feeling at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think most of the fans that are going to the bowl game are are more on the rosy side of things, right? Sure. So, yep. uh, if you're going to kind of go and you want to see the experience, I think most of them are. Uh, I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a whole lot of fans in the parking lot afterwards. who were like mad that they spent all the money to come down and see that game. I think most people realized that, that you know what, if we were going to go see a bowl game, you know, this wasn't a blowout. This was a down to the wire, you know, back and forth. You saw one guy on one side set a record for the most touchdowns ever in a Gator Bowl, and then you see uh, Barry and Brown be the first person ever in Gator Bowl history to to return one, catch one, and rush one in. And um, and you just saw like a like you saw all time type of performance and it, I think most fans had more of the yeah I wish we would have won but man I'm gonna be able to say that I was at this bowl game kind of deal than anything else. Mike Gandolfo with us. All right, so I mean, do you have sort of a letter grade for this season? Did this outcome? You know, I mean, look, they got outscored twenty eight fourteen in the fourth quarter. That's not anything that you ever sure. want your team to do. Yep. Did this change Especially the letter grade? Well, the defense played early. Yeah, I mean, no, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you give up ten points the entire first half. Don't give up any in the third quarter, etc. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, defense did have um, a solid game until that fourth quarter. You know, does this game change the letter grade for you for this season? I know you're a Stoops guy, but you know, this is a bad way to lose yeah, a game, I mean, and you know, and you know, sort of a thud to the end of the season, if you will. As my man Zach, you see, says, uh, you know, there's a lot of meat on the bone, right? So, you know, they. they what happens if they beat Carolina or South Carolina? That is, and what happens if they, yep. uh, you know, beat either Tennessee or Missouri? Let's just say one of those. Um, and and who and who knows? I mean, I think there's there's definitely was some left some stuff left to be desired. Um, I think that ultimately that's probably putting them at the B minus C plus range. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm probably leading more towards the C plus. Round because I, I think they were better than that Clemson team. I, was, I don't think they should have lost to that Clemson team, but you know, at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. It's what, it's what happened. So I, I hate to divert, but I'm going to quickly. Uh, you mentioned, and I just looked it up. You're right. Just over forty thousand people at this game. I think that's a good target for a bowl like that, right? Where you know, if you can get forty thousand people in the game, that's that's a good target. Mostly full in the lower bowl. I think that's a totally reasonable uh, sort of way, especially. The the viewership numbers are out. The texter reminded me of this. I appreciate them. Man, they had 27 million people watch the Rose Bowl this year. Wow. Um, does it just 23 in general? Did this feel like the year we kind of just got back to sports? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something. I've been to the, the Gator Bowl before. It was actually sure. just I just kind of happened to be down there when uh, when Elvis Dumerville got stomped on by Marcus Vick. Um, didn't plan on being down there or anything like that. We just happened to be there. You know these bowl games. We we didn't have tickets. We walked in the parking lot. Someone just handed us tickets, um, and it was, you know, I think the the attendance number that they had uh, reported for that bowl game was definitely skewed, um, and I'm sure this one was skewed as well. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it didn't seem like it was much different than that. I think we're I think we're back at it. I do think fans have got to make a decision whether or not they. Are going to you know travel to, to these bowl games, knowing that a lot of these rosters, not in Kentucky's case, Kentucky's done a good job of holding these teams together. They have, but you're not seeing the same product that you saw during the season, right? I mean, I think that's going to be the deal. It's like, hey, do I want to go spend eighty-five dollars a ticket to go watch the third-string guys or 
you know, and, and I think that's where you're going to see some teams make a decision. Like, is this going to be more of a, you know, the guys who got us here thing, or is this going to be since we, we don't burn a red shirt, are we going to put some kids in who didn't get a chance to play and let them see what it's like to go against another team and play college football? Um, and, and both could draw eyeballs for different reasons, right? So uh, it's just going to be interesting to kind of see how that all plays out in the future, whether or not fans want to use their hard-earned dollars to, to travel for – that's not necessarily the same team that you saw play all year. Uh, Devin Leary with three turnovers, uh, not the best second half for him in this game. Brock Vandegrift coming in next season. I'm really high on that pickup. I think it's a really good route for for Kentucky to take, ta- uh, taking on Vandegrift for next season. What happened with Devin Leary? This is not the season we were, were told about before the season, the articles in The Athletic and different places about how he's the most accurate human being to exist since Jesus Christ, all these kinds of things. Where I mean what what's the letter grade for Devin Leary and what do you think happened that that it, he went seven and six and was not the accurate guy that we thought he was? Well I don't, I don't think the and I don't think it was the same three turnover Leary at the end of the season that it was at the beginning of the season. So I think it was totally different. I definitely think at the beginning of the year there were some issues with the receivers. Um it seems like they needed to grow up, they needed to have some maturity. I think there was some sophomore Plump, maybe they kind of they thought they were more big time than they were, or whatever else it might have been. And uh, and Larry definitely was not as accurate, I guess, as what um, we all thought he would be. And I, you know, he's in a different scheme. He just he came to Kentucky to be in a pro style offense to, to show how he could do in a pro style offense, and probably didn't have the result that he wanted to have in a pro style offense. Uh, so you know, when you've got guys who are just put in different situations and how they in systems that how they work out, but I do think he adjusted. I think he ended up in the middle of the year, kind of catching a little bit more of a stride. And, and then this turnover game, you know, the last one you kind of throw, sort of throw out, I mean, it's like the last play of the game, they're trying to make stuff happen or whatever else. And he had uh, deflections off the other ones. And, um, you know, could he have been more accurate in this game? Absolutely. I just didn't think that it was the same, completely missed inaccurate. Uh, actually, I thought that, I thought Barron and Dane Key, like this is probably the first game where we saw both of them play at a pretty high level together, and even Tavian Robinson. And, um, but, you know, I, you give Leary what – I mean, he's probably got to be a C-plus at best, and okay. uh, definitely not what they thought they had come in as the number one transfer portal player, right? He wasn't just quarterback, but overall best transfer portal player. Um, but, you know, he got protected. I think the big blue wall did a pretty good job in this game, and I don't think they, they – you couldn't put this on them, uh, and then they just had this – Weird section where they had three straight turnovers, two interceptions by, or was it, yeah, two interceptions by Leary, and then, or was it an interception and a fumble? Now, now I'm blanking. Um, and then the fumble by Barry and Brown, which to me, that's the one that you just can't have. You cannot right. have the fumble by Barry and Brown. Yep. It was, it was him just being lazy with the football, and, um, and it was at a really, really bad, really tough time. Uh, Mike Gandolfo with us. Uh, at Big Mike Gandolfo, you can hear him on all of our Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame shows here. He'll be back on Saturday uh, after the Cats play Florida, getting SEC game uh, play going uh, in a text. Uh, texters. I love this. People love to text in the Dirty Mike segment here. Um, text I love the, it too, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, text her the, uh, the four turnovers in the fourth quarter didn't help the defense out either. No, uh, Mike was just talking about nope, that. Nope, definitely uh, did. And they were on the field way too much. Way I mean, I think much. that's yeah. – and then they also lost – you know, Maxwell Harrison in the middle of the game, they had to play some young guys at DB that they hadn't played all year long. I think the coverage shifted because of, because of that. It wasn't just, 
I think Brad White gets a lot of criticism, rightfully so, for, you know, going into, you know, don't lose this game versus win this game, you know, prevention mode. But in this case, I think it had a lot to do with personnel and how often his uh, his team was on the field. So, uh, and on short fields, right? I mean, it yes, wasn't like you're yes. I agree. It wasn't like Clemson had to go 70 yards to score. They, they were getting the ball at the 30 to the 35 and after those turnovers. I mean, Clemson didn't even get to 400 yards of offense. They scored 38 points, right? I mean, it, right. it is what it is, yeah. Uh, Texter, did a UK SEC fan just take the moral victory card uh, in regards to a bowl game against a lowly SEC team? Absolutely not. I mean, this is a game that Kentucky should have won. It's a, it's, it, it, it really like was a loss that kind of was a pit that hit me in the stomach because I think that they should have. They should have won. Uh, it, I think it could have really been a good thing for them to kind of just take that step forward and spoke some. I'm really excited about what the spring brings, especially for their defense. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, there's no moral victory in this one. I think Kentucky should have won this game, and they, they lost it. This is, to me, actually, it felt more like how, before Stoops got here, how UK always figured out a way to snap, jaw, snap the feet out of the jaws of victory mm. than anything else. It, it seemed like the, like with a step back in that sense, whereas I think Stoops has done a pretty good job of trying to rise above that um, mentality. Of figuring out how ways to lose games. We had um and, and Mike Gandalfa with us, we had John Hale on a couple weeks ago when you were traveling and he he made an uh, sort of a passing comment of I hope UK fans don't take this bowl run for granted given the new schedule for Kentucky and the SEC for next season. Um obviously look, it's it's Georgia, it's at Ole Miss, it's at Florida, it's Auburn at home, it's at Tennessee, it's at Texas. Um obviously a, a second year Jeff Brom at home for the Louisville Cardinals, uh, what is your sort of? I know, and let, let's be, let's just use sports talk radio here, Mike. Your outlook for next season? Are you positive, negative, neutral? How do you think UK is going to respond to that new schedule? Yeah, I was having this conversation with Papa Joe the other day. I mean, sure. he just talked to him about like you know they they could have a they could be six and six or even five and seven actually be better next year than they were this year, and um, and then you start looking at the schedule. And it's really going to come down to a couple of key games because uh, could this could the team next year win five go five and seven? Absolutely. Mm. Um, could they also go nine and three? I think there's a path for that as well too. Um, and this is where I think Kentucky fans need to they want to see Stoops get to the nine and three with a with a tough slate of games. Can you get to the nine and three? Can you get to the eight and four um, and take that step forward? Um, you know, the ones that are frustrated and think that it's time for him to go. I'm, I agree with John Hale. Like, you know, I, I remember just the years and years of, you know, not getting there. And as a, um, and I think I've said it before in this area before, too. Like, I remember when the Reds got rid of Dusty Baker because mm. he couldn't get him to the next level. Well, unless you had the guy lined up who could get him to the next level, yep. then all you're doing is going to go backwards. And um, I that's definitely something that I don't want to see happen in this football program. I think that we want to see – Stoops and uh, and Big Dog figure it out and get this thing going in the right direction. Brad White's been loyal to this program. We want to see them be able to figure out and go. So it's going to come down to the South Carolina game. I think the Ole Miss game could be a coin flip at Ole Miss if they could go back and, and uh, avenge the Will Levis loss there. That was, uh, again, I think something that completely changed the outcome of last season um, as well. It did, yeah. You know, can they continue the win streak against Florida? Can they beat Auburn? Um, you know, and then the Louisville, Louisville and Tennessee game. Those games right there are, if you are the program that you think you want to be, the Louisville, Tennessee, Auburn, Florida, Ole Miss, South Carolina games, you've got to come out of that with a winning record. Right. Yep. 
And I think those are going to be the games that are really going to define the season. I think, you know, are Kentucky fans going to be mad that they lose to Georgia? Are they going to be mad, upset that they lose to Texas? Probably not. Um, now, I think in the way you lose those games or whatever else, it's it's, one, it's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, I think those are, those games right there are going to be the ones that define the season. Uh, Mike Endoff with us. I, I opened the show talking Kentucky basketball um, as – the new polls are out. I watched a bunch of basketball over the weekend and and, um, and last night. And Kentucky's poll ranking right now is sixth for the first poll of this season of this uh, new year of 2024. Um, the last time they were this highly ranked, uh, Mike, they went to the Elite Eight in 2017. The year before that, the round of 32, and then the round a uh, year before that, of course, in 15, they go to the Final Four. Are you as excited about this Kentucky team as Ben Roberts seems to be? And pointing out this sort of thing, I, I, I equated it to past performances in horse racing. If you were trying to sure. figure out if, if Cal's a trainer or something, right? <laughs> you know, this is a good sign for one of his trainees. Um, are, are you following that logic as well? Um, I think I, I think that I'm, I'm I'm enjoying watching this team. You know, do I think that this is a national championship team? Probably not. Uh, do I think they could sneak into a Final Four? Absolutely. Do I think Elite Eight is probably where they should be? And that's probably yes. I think they're a three seed Elite Eight team. And uh, and at the end of the day, like that's uh, the fact that Kentucky. I mean, again, ha- they, <laughs> the fact that they haven't been ranked in the top ten to start the new year, the last you know that since twenty seventeen in the last ten years of the Calipari era is you know really going back to the two thousand fifteen I guess undefeated season. Is that's the reason works for me to be like, well, I'm not super happy with the basketball program in the first place, right? Like that shouldn't happen. I, I, I feel like Stoops gets more criticism for where they are versus what Cal is, and you know when you think about like, if you compare Cal's last bit of run versus Tubby's last bit of run, you would take Tubby's last bit of run, no doubt about it. So now. I think this team is completely different than a lot, a lot of those teams that they've had in the past. Um, ironically, I do think probably the most comparable team is the national championship I team agree. just because I think the you've depth. got some freshmen that really yep. understood how to play big boy basketball. Uh, you know, Especially with Chip Gilchrist back then, he was, he was a guy that really just understood what it was going to take to win at that level. Um, and so I think that uh, what you – Want to make sure you see, and we're going to see it as we go into conference plays. Like they don't, they're able to play the way that they this team wants to play. That they want to get up and down the floor. They want to continue to win games in transition. They want to be able to, um, you know, overcome their defensive issues by, you know, getting out and running out for people. This team needs to, you know, they're not going to look like Loyola Marymount from back in the sure. day, but they need to play way more up pace than. Uh, um, half-court grounded-out game, and then what happens when you do get a team who can force them to play a half-court grounded-out game? And are they over, able to overcome all that? So those are the things that we're going to look to see what happens in this non-conference. So I don't want to. I just don't want Cal to just turn this team into a, a half-court <laughs> got to play in the half-court team because I don't know if this necessarily what they want to do. You know, so um, and we got some teams in the SEC that are top 20 in the Ken Palm in defense that you're going to find this out. I mean, Mississippi State, Auburn are both top 20 in defense. Uh, I think those in Tennessee. Those we got so the three three teams in the SEC in the top 20 in, in Ken Palm in defense. Where I think you're going to get a good look at what they what they are offensively. All right. Well, he's Mike Adolfo. He'll be on that post game show, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post game show there on Saturday around 2:30. 
uh, for Florida. Is that you and Ants on Saturday? Is uh, you making Zach UC come in? What's going on with that? Oh, Zach's always coming. I mean, Zach's, <laughs> Zach's the mainstay. Right now, we're just worried. You know, we don't know what Ants is going to do. So Zach and I have got to be ready and prepared for whatever, you know, if Ants shows up or doesn't. So, But we got it, right, Zach? I mean, we, Should we call Zach BBZ? I'll take that. I, I like that. I like it. Big blue Zach. I'm, denou- I'm denouncing like Ohio State it's because over. of it's Ryan over. Day. I'm BBZ, baby. How about that? He's the whole reason I can tell you got that running back from Ohio State. There it is. That's you know, it. He was, there it is. The, he was the linchpin. So. Well, I was the middleman. He was the middleman. He was the bag man. <laughs> There's a texter very upset with you that you think that Stoops gets more criticism than Cal. I think in a lot of ways he does, though. I mean, Cal, mm. there's no way the Cal should have this, this much of a free pass. I mean, I think that this has been – it's been unreal. It's been ridiculous to think that we have not had that many teams ranked in the top ten to start the year, um, and especially knowing what this preseason rankings have been. and The basketball team is way, way underperformed. Um, expectations of mine since that 2015 season. There you go. He's uh, Mike Andolfo at Big Mike Andolfo on Twitter. You can find him occasionally on a show called the Horse Racing Happy Hour as well, but you can always find him on the Kentucky Post Game Shows. Enter that elk draw at the uh, at the website over there for Kentucky Fish and Wildlife. Uh, you are not Dan Nissel. You do not have elk in your backyard. Mike, have a good day. I'll talk to you soon, friend. All right, buddy. See you. See you. Right, I get up. There you go. Every Wednesday. Text line explodes when he comes on. People like to hate Mike. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Now, the Stoops thing is so fascinating as a conversation. It really is because you really do. The three camps are so obvious. The he, the, the Mike camp, whatever, the, he's doing great. The texter here, um, uh, we're not getting any return for what we're paying Stoops. Um <laughs> Text pointing out we need to be uh, careful to fully pronounce BBZ. Might sound like something completely different. It's true. You're not wrong. Little BBZ. <laughs> but that Stoops thing, and, and certainly there's got to be a group of people that are just kind of mad about Stoops, right? Whatever. But I, the only thing I would say, they're not getting any return. It is purely a financial decision because Kroger Field is essentially mostly full for Stoops home games. I really do think they just see him as getting to bowl games and filling Kroger Field. And, and, I, and I hate to tell you that that's what your athletic director thinks of your football program, but that is what Mitch Barnhart thinks of Kentucky football. Sell most of the tickets and make a bowl game. Six and six and sell most of the tickets. Uh, all right, on the other end, Louisville basketball visits Virginia. And um, I haven't thrown a drink at anyone in a while. we talk about it next. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working, keep going, and keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider.
Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? I'm expressing with my full capabilities. And now I'm living in correctional facilities. Cause some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on Ice Cube. Because he said it gets You're listening to Rebo and Go here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rebo. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here, 10 o'clock hour on a Wednesday. A little production from Zach Cantrell there, ones and twos. Appreciate him hanging out with the show. Thanks to Mike Gandolfo for joining us in the last segment. Uh, eyes and ears on the ground there uh, for the Gator Bowl for UK. You can check out any parts of the show that you missed at our podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com, on the app for sure. Um, Texter, I disagree with Mike. I think that basket, uh, this basketball team uh, could definitely win it all at the end of the year. Texture, my uh, gripe about the football versus basketball argument is the critics are tired of hearing when the football program was was a decade ago, but will always use what Cal did a decade ago to defend. Uh, Texter. Um, um, Bama had 18, five stars. Michigan had two. Yeah, must be for Maven. If you think the long-term solution to your football team or basketball team, ma'am or sir, whoever's listening, is to not get the best players. <laughs> this is not a good long-term solution. You should go get the best players. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Texter, this was an interesting one. For UK to, uh, football to get to the next level, <laughs> um, uh, for the UK football to get to the next level, they have to get past the South Carolina-Mississippi State games as measuring sticks. Getting one win against Alabama-Georgia, top 10 Texas, or Oklahoma equals next level. That's the interesting part of the conversation. Because essentially, I thought Mike grouped together a bunch of teams that aren't in the same group. Beating South Carolina, beating Tennessee are different things. They just are. And it's okay to say. I mean, it's okay to say. But I understand what he's getting at. There are five games in that schedule for next year. And of course, I just clicked out of that schedule. I'll go find it. But is beating Missouri different now because Missouri just won the Cotton Bowl, had an 11 win um, season? In a weird way, it's actually a blessing they're not on the schedule next year. I, it's a weird thing to say that they pick up, say, Auburn, who we don't know how good they're going to be. You and I have talked about this. We have no freaking idea how good Auburn's going to be. That's right. They're either Cam Newton or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that might be, you know, going to Ole Miss, going back to Oxford. I don't know. I, I don't know what that is, and I don't know how good uh, Ole Miss is. They beat a bum Penn State team uh, you know, in a bowl game. I, I don't know how good they're going to be next year. Uh, is Lane Kiffin going to date even younger? Like the important question. Joey Freshwater, <laughs> is he coming back? Apparently it's working in the portal because hey, they're getting not? everybody. They're getting everybody. How about that? <laughs> get, I mean, all you got to do is just get 19, 20-year-olds. Hey, guess what? You're coming to the Grove, kid. Just come tailgate. See all the, the Mississippi women. I appreciate the number of naysayer texts that we're getting, but I can't. I can't just do those kinds of texts all day. No, uh, Texter Stoops makes more money uh, than Jim Harbaugh, so criticism will always be warranted as long as the salary is as high as it is. That part I could not agree more with. Yes, no when part. you have facilities, when you are in the conference, everybody, uh, Florida State pooped all over their conference the entire season, and then needed it to be part of the argument for why they would make the Final Four in favor of joining the conference that UK is in for the payouts and the, the exposure, et cetera. And when you have the facilities that they have at UK and you don't, and, and you're looking at seven and six and giving up 28 points in a bowl game in the fourth quarter, no, that's reasonable criticism. It absolutely is. Yes. Could not agree more. 
Uh, Texter, I'm betting Stoops' uh, next bowl game will be at Iowa. <laughs> Texter, uh, more about Washington recruiting. Uh, you can't live that way, people. You, you can't live that way. You want to get five stars. And, and look, there is, obviously, with the transfer portal, a different way to get and develop players. I understand that. But the idea that you're going to go build from Harvard and Yale and different places is, is not how you're going to win. Not how you're going to make the playoff. Let's put it that way. You win, you win games. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but mm-hmm. I'll get there. Uh, Texter, what if it's just a fact that there's no next level for UK for several reasons? Is the other question. And I just, I, I, I generally reject that. I, I think that's not a <laughs> next text. Man, this might be it. Um, oh, okay. Has anybody considered that Kentucky's uniforms are just hideous and no one wants to play there? I disagree. I think the last couple sets have been pretty fire. Man. I love the chrome helmets. Come on. Oh, I don't like talking? that at all. You don't like that? I don't. But just the blue with the white stripes. I just don't. If you're a two-color school, stick to the two, right? Just be that way. Stick to blue and white and just be done with it. That's what I would say. I No, I, I think the new stuff's fire. I think they getting rid of the checkerboards, maybe, maybe that's what happened. The checkerboards were so bad that anything else was going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what happened to me. But the question about there being a next level, I just I, those things I don't always buy because all programs had to start somewhere where they weren't next level. And I understand wanting, you know, I, I understand looking at, for example, the future schedule. They get Georgia at home. They got to go to Ole Miss. They got to go to Florida. They get Auburn at home. They go to Tennessee. They go to Texas. They get Louisville at home. Right? I mean, there's six games right there that in – very realistic scenarios, Kentucky's not favored in any of them, yeah. right? In realistic scenarios. Now, do I think that's going to No, I don't. I think they'll be favored against, I don't know, either Louisville or Auburn or something, right? But there's a reasonable scenario in which they're not favored in any of those next season. And, boy, I did not plan to do this talk today, but whatever. We got a ton of text about it. I really appreciate it, people. 437-9680. UPS Jobs Text Line. I'm interested, though, that you know, with the more difficult schedule, with these other things, what is, how does this set up for Kentucky going forward in a way that, what, what am I trying to say here? Because winning the East was the goal before, right? Getting to Atlanta was the goal before. Now the, that goalpost is no longer even op, an option. There is no SEC East. There is no cocoon of playing South Carolina, Vandy, used to be Missouri. Now it's Florida because Kentucky has done the darn thing and moved past Florida. They just have. That's real. They've done the darn thing. They've won five straight against Louisville, right? Those are programs, measuring stick programs that they moved past on their personal schedule. I'm about to get a thousand texts about how they haven't moved past the U of L thing. (laughs) But when you win that many in a row, that that, that is the rivalry. That's what it is, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. It's becoming... It's not to the basketball level for sure. But boy, I mean, at some point you just have to pick Kentucky because it's what they do, right, um, in that game. Anyways, I'm interested. What, what do fans think? Four three seven nine six eighty. What is the measuring stick? What is next step? Because passing Florida is a big deal, man. That was a huge deal. I, 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 the Spurrier jokes. You could do an hour show of just Spurrier joking about Kentucky's punter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I just I'm I don't know I I I'm interested in what people think the next level is. Mike saying six and six against next year's schedule would be a good season. I disagree with. 
I think it would be treading water. I, I think a winning record in the regular season next year when you have Southern Miss, South Carolina, Ohio, Vandy, uh, Murray State on your schedule. When you have those five games on your schedule, you gotta get, you gotta get to seven wins. And frankly, if you're still doing what you're doing and you got that Florida game, you should get to eight. Uh, Texture, I disagree with the coach's salary argument. When Joker Phillips went two and ten, nobody complained about how much money he was making. When Brom wins ten games at U of L, uh, nobody complains that he's only making six million dollars a year. Oh, I heard lots of he's getting a raise talk. Don't worry. Or a lot of that. Uh, texture, uh, the, can't think of the name, but from USC or UCLA, the whole reason why you uh, the NCAA game went away. Uh, Ed O'Bannon, not, uh, not Ed O'Bannon. Yeah. Oh, that's right, man. Oh, that's on. That's the other show. The other show is talking about that stuff. There you go. All right. Well, you want to talk about NCAA football video games? I, I will. It's coming back. I, I know. Supposedly. I know. I had a big shift this year. I stopped playing video games. It took this long? Yes. Okay. It took this long. It took into my 40s, yeah. Wow. I don't know that? why either. What were the games you were playing? Uh, just uh, mostly FIFA. Um, and then I had um, I had uh, Madden and yeah. I had um, MLB The Show. Madden stopped being great years ago. 2K is still Madden is less good. playable now than it used to be. Oh, right? by yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. When I, I grew up, it was we had the great soundtrack. Like That's where I first got yeah, right. to like, yeah, yeah, Green yeah, yeah. Day and Events Sevenfold, sure. some of those rock <laughs> bands. like. <laughs> The NHL games used to be fire. Fantastic. Too. Yeah, I don't know if the new ones are any good. I haven't played them. I haven't either. Yeah, the old ones were fire. Call of Duty. I still do that. Of course. <laughs> Call to Duty, as uh, Charlie Strong would say. That's right. Call to Duty. <laughs> Call to Duty. Talk about a throwback. There you go. What a great line that was. How about that? To stay up late playing Call to Duty. Playing Call to Duty. <laughs> well, Charlie, if you think your players are playing Call to Duty, then they got other issues. <laughs> That's right. That was a great moment. <laughs> oh, man. I. Yeah, just the what is the next level? I, you know, because looking at the scenarios for next season, if we're talking next level for the next, you know, next step, and then we're getting text in four three seven nine six eight. I really appreciate this. Uh, text of the next step is to actually have a winning record in the SEC. You know, that's a good one. A a, a maintain a maintenance level of four and four, five and three, in the SEC. That, man, that's a good one, man. How about beat an elite SEC team? Because they haven't beaten an SEC team. The one-time team. thing, I kind of like this one better, man, because then it's it's win the conference games and get to 5-3, and three, whatever it looks like. I like that one better as a measuring stick. Fair. I don't care who that's you fair. beat in conference. Just go do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm with you. Beating a Georgia, beating, uh, you know, on this schedule, I'm just, you know, beating a Georgia, beating, winning at Texas, whatever. Yeah. Would that be awesome? Of course. Good gosh, yes. Would they would talk about it forever. Because what's his signature win right now? Is it 2018 Florida? I think that's the only one that comes to mind for me. Beating Lamar, I think. Nice yeah. Bear. They were like 25 point 25 dogs. point, yeah. They were big underdogs. Yeah. I just, 2018 Florida came to mind because I remember that Florida team won the Peach Bowl. I think the SEC winning record thing is a good I think so. a good yeah, next a good step. Idea. That's a really Especially good one. Especially in the modern, the new SEC, when yes. you have that many powerhouses. Like well, if you can, if you're going yeah. to not see the same teams over and over, and that's its own coaching challenge. But Mark Stoops wins those games. I, I don't know. I I think there's that's a good measure. They I like go that go hand one. in hand now because in order to have a winning record in the right. SEC, you're going to have to beat one of those powerhouses. No, that's right. Yeah, they're going to be on your schedule. You're going to get Texas or Oklahoma every year, right? I mean, that's going to happen. Uh, Texas, as long as Kentucky beats Louisville and they make a bowl game, uh, Barnhart will continue to overpay. That's what Mitch's ceiling is. I, I think he, 
I agree with that text. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, FIFA is the best uh, video sports game. Uh, it actually got me into real soccer. I, you are not alone, and I think a huge reason so many people of Zach's age especially are into soccer is because of the video game. No question. And by, why they're fans of teams overseas and all that stuff is because they got to uh, do that. Uh, four and four is not a winning record. You are correct, Texter. Um, Texter, unfortunately for a team like Kentucky in a conference like the SEC, each level is going to take a decade or better to reach. Ooh, do I believe that? I think it's more like four or five years. But I do think if he, if he, if Stoops, for example, is five and three in the SEC the next three years, those are going to be really good teams and really good records, right? And that's what we're talking about for next next season um, and, and for the next level. I, I, man, I really like that from the text line. This is why I like the text line. There you go. Uh, the 2018 uh, Florida team finished the year ranked seventh. The Kentucky win was also at Florida, agreeing with, uh, agreeing with Zach. That might be right. I just think beating your rival and beating the Heisman Trophy winner at their place, I don't know. I, <laughs> I would hold on to that one a lot. If that was my team. Yeah, twenty eighteen was also the first time they beat Florida. And right. God, knows it broke the streak too. That's a good point. That's a good point by you. No talk of the punter. <laughs> hey, a big thanks to Matzah Pie. Uh, they're going to drop off lunch today. Some pizza, focaccia bread, those salads, delicious cookies. Head out to Matzah Pie. They've got that cool Anchorage location. It's a very, uh, it's a very unusual and a unique uh, dining experience. Also visit the Douglas Loop, the Butchertown locations. You can stop in. You can pick up those ten twenty craft brews. In fact, they're in. That 1020 Craft uh, Brewery in Butchertown. Uh, great options for you. Discover the handmade brick oven pizzas. They are delicious. On the other end, we'll do the 11 o'clock hour here. Got Bologna or Salami next. Do it here. ESPN 680, 1057.